right, guys, welcome back to our next session here. Uh, we're continuing through our creating accountability flow chart as we discuss the star chart. Uh, in today's session, we're gonna be talking about consistency and clarity. So here we go. All right. All right. So last week or this week, we're yeah. definitely not wearing the same clothes. Yeah. Right. Because we definitely didn't do this. <laughs> back to back to back. <laughs> Uh, here we go. So yeah, so last week uh, we touched on again going through the creating accountability flowchart, uh, going from collaboration, having creators go through forgiveness into solutions plan implementation, and from implementation, if you have a success, it's because you have a success for uh, one or a combination of reasons, um, and it's really kind of getting people out of saying like if you try to implement a plan and you end up having certain degree of fall tolerance because it didn't work um, it's making sure that you continue to move into collaboration because mm -hmm. part of that collaborative process actually engages the star chart so it's yes. as we go through collaboration it's establishing reality and coming into ownership um, that is what really the star chart helps with is the uh, reality and ownership component doesn't mm -hmm. always help with solution but understanding the variables makes identifying the solution much easier Mm -hmm. um, so last week, of course, uh, we talked about, or last session, I should say, we talked about uh, star players, problem children, backbones, and icebergs with regard to performance and potential. So when we have a low, so whether we have uh, low potential, low performance, is you sort of just kind of turn the diagram, you sort of turn the wheel a little bit to engage one of the axes, whether that's confidence and competence or consistency and clarity. It is it is all four. You do talk about all four, um, but that you yeah, at least have to start somewhere. Mm -hmm. So when we look at uh, clarity and consistency, so clarity and consistency, of course, clarity on the vertical y-axis, consistency on the horizontal x-axis. Um, defining out uh, these is that clarity, um, this attribute is an assessment of understanding, whereas consistency is an attribute um, as an assessment of reliability. Mm -hmm. So it's just, do you know what you're doing? Do you know why you're doing it? And are you doing it? Can we rely upon you to do it? Um, so from a clarity standpoint, we've kind of broken clarity down into a couple of different um, uh, things which again sort of come off of our performance so in performance we talked about role effectiveness core value alignment and time allocation and usage so clarity kind of comes down to do you understand operational policy so mm -hmm. uh, you can even refer to these as universal tasks mm -hmm. so is it uh, do you understand sort of the, the, the why we are doing these things um, role procedures and responsibilities so it has to do with your actual role um, are you a veterinarian to veterinary nurse to uh, you know medical support staff to caregiver support cat, cat uh, <laughs> staff there we go um, is do you really understand what it is you're supposed to be doing and 
all the meanwhile, whether you're talking about policy or procedure, is are you maintaining core values throughout? Mm -hmm. So are we engaging mm -hmm. sort of what it means to trust, what it means to, um, you know, unite, what it means to respect, what it means to be accountable? Are you really sort of maintaining those core values? Because if you look at, um, again, the creating accountability flow chart, as you make your way around that chart coming through success into growth mindset, performance three is really where we just want everybody. Performance three is maintaining a certain standard so are you maintaining core values and as you sort of jump up into higher levels of performance um, performance level four is someone who initiates collaboration to increase confidence and increase clarity so let's be very deliberate about that is we didn't talk about performance four being someone who increases or collaborates to increase clarity and consistency it's that it's clarity and confidence. So in this particular star chart, we talk about clarity. That's sort of the maintenance level is saying that we just sort of maintaining standard or are we starting to jump up that chart a little bit? Yeah. The big thing with clarity um, and kind of going with what we were talking about a little bit last time is again, it's, it is sort of blended, but what it does is it allows for some additional definition in like what was actually lacking in clarity. Yeah. So uh, what we talked about in potential in that like that engaging process yeah. is this is one of the big things that's in engagement. It's asking questions. Yeah. It's gathering because we're not going to be able to answer every question. It, it's impossible. Yeah. Um, but we're going to. So on, on one side, on the administrative side, you have to put your absolute best foot forward on of, of distributing as much clarity on those three things as possible. But with the reality of not being able to answer every single question, the individual's responsibility is gathering the clarity that they need uh, ultimately to be able to perform in a consistent manner, which yeah. gets us into the second portion of this. Yeah, consistency then being the assessment of reliability. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of just a copy and paste on this. So mm -hmm. it's not just, um, you know, are we understanding what we're doing, but can we actually fulfill operational policy, those universal tasks? Mm -hmm. Can we actually actually fulfill our role procedures. So are we doing those things? Are we maintaining core values? Isn't it happening every single time? So are we doing it? Every time there's an opportunity to perform, is, you know, can the staff see us as being reliable? Mm -hmm. um, a portion of that comes from the core value of trust. Uh, can I trust you to do this? Mm -hmm. um, can I trust you to restrain? Can I trust you to change out the O2? Can I trust you to set up surgery? Can I trust you to maintain anesthesia? So that's when we start talking about sort of the reliability ability mm -hmm. and sort of maintenance is that uh, we start to talk about the maintenance of core values from a reliability standpoint. It's not just that you understand what the core values are, but it's actually the maintenance of core values has a lot to do with when there are accountable events. Yep. So that's actually kind of the big tip off is when we have um, an accountable event that leads to our fall tolerance, which again, once a fall occurs, an individual has the choice to either collaborate or divide. That's one of those maintenance of core value things, because really our core values, uh, trust, unity, respect, and accountability dictates that you move into collaboration. Mm -hmm. Like our core, like maintenance of core values don't actually allow you to move into division. Um, no. Division, of course, being engaging in communication, which challenges shared purpose and shared well-being like so that that's why it's so important to talk about the reliability and consistency um, of one's performance or one's potential is that you want to sort of have every opportunity you can to sort of 
sort of lean on and, and reliably perform uh, policy procedure, uh, you know, role clarity and sort of maintenance of core values. Yep. Uh, the other side of that too, uh, because I, you know, as a, as a means to encourage your own analysis of like the actual engagement of this is the, obviously the, I think the individual in reliability is a pretty self-explanatory one. Just how reliable are you in doing yeah. all of these things? Yeah. Um, but the other side is um, from an administrative and kind of like setting people up to, for to succeed is how feasible is this? So yeah. if you have a task that is, uh, kind of perpetually um, unmet, yeah. then it, it might be something that is just physically un unfeasible. So you are not allowing for consistency. You, you have a you have a set of variables that are making people have to cut corners or something like that. Yeah. Um, and that's going to kind of come with uh, some some there's there's some give and take in that for yeah. sure where you can't. You can't always just lean on the fact that it's unfeasible for an individual to do, yeah. uh, but also like everyone's kind of got their own tolerances. But really, the dichotomy there—it's it, important to know because it's—it's you—you have to know your part. The other person has to know theirs. Um, but it all kind of falls on both parties have to be re, uh, engaging in the, the maintenance of core values first. Yeah. And then once, cause once you have that, you get away from interpersonal conflict. I don't yeah. look at that person as a bad person. Yeah. We just disagree on the, what the, how and the, when and the where not the yeah. why or that they're, they're ultimately a bad person. Yeah. And that's kind of touches a little bit on system failures too, yep. because if you have, and I think inventory is for us is a perfect example mm -hmm. is that if we consistently, Consistently have failure in one particular category, we have to define is this sort of a problem with an individual who's consistently failing, or mm -hmm. is it, you know, as a whole, we're having these issues. Mm -hmm. um, and that's where you kind of talk about moving into that failure mindset um, is that, again, failure mindset is individuals who lack shared purpose and impede the success of the team. Um, so when you look at sort of performance level two, that's the perpetuation of division from a lack of consistency and a lack of competence. So for having sort of of this lack of consistency administratively, if you're seeing that there's a lack of consistency, um, you don't want to continue to allow people to fail mm -hmm. because administratively you can perpetuate a failure mindset by allowing or by impeding the success of the team because you are continuing allow you know to continue to allow six um, consistency failures right right um, and that that's where then if if we have uh, then sort of the other side of that is where the majority are succeeding consistently mm -hmm. at this task but an individual yep. is continuing to have failure of consistency then it, it kind of leads a bit more down to um, uh, procedural failures for sure and, yeah, and it's we'll talk about a minute. Uh, big thing about this um, as we kind of move into like you know when we have highs and lows here yeah. is um having an ear to the ground um because it's 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 an inherent it's an imperfect science of grading performance you know doing that that process yeah. um but being uh this is this is ground floor administration this yeah. is why it's important you have to be able to realize um, the the clarity in which the process um, as it currently clarity of the process as it currently exists, but also how consistent individuals and in the team are able to fulfill them. If you yeah. are separated from that, um, or as I should say, the more layers of separation that you have, yes. the harder it is to accurately define both of those things, and the slower improvement will ultimately be realized. 
realized. Yeah, which is, again, another harmonious chord to what you were saying on that return of investment mm-hmm. and you know purpose and kind of how those things start to separate. This is another example where as soon as we start to have more layers yep. between the people that are making decisions and the people that have to fulfill those decisions, mm-hmm. um, that's where we're going to start to challenge fulfillment. We're going to start to challenge potential. We're going to start to challenge performance. So remember, mm-hmm. as we go through clarity, consistency, confidence, and competence. Remember, all of this is sort of under the umbrella of performance, potential, and fulfillment. Mm-hmm. So, and that's where, again, as we start to then collect, bring that into the creating accountability diagram, why it's so easy for us to have this subtlety of failure mindset is that, again, if we have an administrative process that is continually to impede the success of a team, we ha- then that then the failure, this performance level one, performance level two, actually doesn't have a lot to do with the individual. Mm-hmm. So, again, it's another circumstance where, Having, like you said, that ground floor administration, it's the reason why we have an inverted org chart, why administrative is at the bottom of, quote unquote, the hierarchy, at the bottom of the pyramid. We're in the dirt. We're in the trenches because the more you can start to understand where things are failing consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I think, again, for us and having this, um, you know, access to this resource, um, like I said, inventory is kind of a perfect example for us. So if we have the team as a whole failing at this one thing, then we need to change it mm-hmm. um, and that's where we just continue to move through that collaborative process we don't want to impede the success of a team we just haven't found a plan that's implementable yet mm-hmm. and as soon as we implement a plan boom success mm-hmm. uh, for us uh, it just as a side note it was it was basically the locking of the cabinets mm-hmm. you know where we had a lot of different failures a lot of different ways but in you know it seems to be a really um, you know very harsh uh, sort of solution but we have had the most amount of inventory compliance in the last five weeks than we have in five years yeah you know so but but everyone actually there's way more communication that's happening with our inventory coordinator more than there has ever been Mm -hmm. which is uh, again allowing her to sort of improve clarity and improve Mm -hmm. consistency and increase performance increase potential so it's you just have to be willing to acknowledge where there is impedance of success and address that impedance of success whether it be um, clarity consistency or uh, confidence competence but all of that by the way um you you just said about seven different words that all revolved around the same exact thing of communication yes um and and, um you know communication being uh, an operative variable within collaboration obviously but created a the the plan and the implementation of that plan was um, to to create a set of variables that required communication because we actually yep. couldn't acquire a problem definition that was sufficient to solve the problem. Yeah. So we had to just work the get the bugs out so that we could out of the walls essentially yes. yep. um, to ultimately define the problem better. And yep. th- and we're in the middle of that. We don't. We're not even to the point yep. of solving the problem yep. yet. But we're gathering data, yeah. and it is yeah. forceful. It is slow. It's yeah. tedious. It's frustrating. Yeah. Um, it is cre- it is um, a higher volatility in actually creating more falls, uh, which yeah. could, for some people can feel really, really harsh. Uh, yes. It's not necessarily um, if you have a if it is a if you are in a um, environment of a bad culture, it is not a safe way to do things because yeah. you're going to create conflict. Yeah. Um, but if you are able to create a safe environment where conflict is effective um it is 
kind of what we were talking about last time, it is high risk, high reward. Um, and, and thankfully, um, which seems like we're realizing a high reward in that specific event. Yeah, because we essentially forced operational policy. So we right. forced consistency rather than having kind of individuals sort of make their sort of own decisions regarding their level of consistency. Because mm-hmm. that's where the problem was, is it was inconsistent execution yep. of role responsibilities and operational policy. So we were just, we just, you know, really threw the lever, so to speak, um, and forced consistency. And then almost immediately clarity came up um, and really uh, competence as well, Mm because we started to have uh, more success. So, you know, that's just one example. But okay, moving down, of course, Mm -hmm. into our actual chart here. So um, that is one example. So now kind of moving into our our defined roles within clarity and consistency. So it kind of takes the same approach to our star chart. There's a high, 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 low, low, high, low, low, uh, and sort of uh, four quadrants, so mm-hmm. to speak. Mm-hmm. So when we look at the consistency and clarity diagram, uh, people who have high consistency and high clarity are what we refer to as star leaders. So high consistency and high clarity is that star leaders show high um, consistent procedural execution, and they have a high level of procedural understanding. So star leaders are ready, willing, and able to consistently execute the policies and procedures necessary to lead a highly functional team. Star leaders also have the clarity to know why it is important to maintain policies and procedures. Mm-hmm. So uh, in sort of our, our last session, we talked about how leaders are sort of, you know, kind of taking charge at the front of the line. Mentors are sort of, t- you know, behind kind of gathering the people onto the line. Mm-hmm. Um, for us, you know, kind of this is kind of another way of defining sort of that star leader is saying someone who is really ready, willing, and able to do all of those things, to do the policies, they know their role, they know how to do it well, they maintain core values, and they know why they're doing it. And of course, why is shared purpose and shared well-being. Um, so star leaders, again, I, I hope that's relatively self-explanatory. Of course, coming off of last session, we talk about star players. Um, well, this this is where it's like, you know, you, you talk about performance and, you know, it, we, we talked about it last time where performance isn't necessarily always being like uh, never making a mistake. Sure. But this um, is where it's like, okay, well, how often are we making mistakes? How consistent are we? How clear are we on what that is creating an impact on? Um, so this is like a breakdown of that in the actual like kind of uh, actual fulfillment of, of task. Uh, so it's it's um, it allows the conversation to be shifted away from you are a low performer, you are a high performer into, yeah. well, you're maybe you're just not as clear as you need to be right. in this specific set of variables, or you maybe you're just not as consistent here. And now we can kind of funnel our problems uh, uh, definition down into something that's a little bit more specific. Well, and that's where we tried to touch on it last session uh, in saying that your backbones aren't necessarily a negative, right? Yes. So backbone, backbones at a high performance, but kind of struggle with that professional advancement, whether mm-hmm. it's individual advancement or industrial advancement, um, is that you can have a backbone that's a star leader. Mm-hmm. They're consistent in what they're doing. They're clear on why they're doing it. Um, they just don't have 
have and they struggle with the ability to advance other people in the team or yeah. advance the industry. Right. That's that's not a negative. No. You, you, and that's why, again, we really have to, you know, when we talk about the creating accountability flowchart coming into the growth mindset and having this effective performance, this level five performance, mm -hmm. it's two out of three stars. Mm -hmm. So if we have a backbone, which by definition is not a star player and they don't necessarily have that star player category, but they are a star leader, that's a success. Yes. Absolutely. So it's, you know, and that's where it's lead by example, lead from the front, uh -huh. you know, those, those types of things. Uh -huh. uh, but not always star, star leaders are not necessarily going to be the ones that jump into the mentorship role to say, hey, and I'm going to show you how to do this. I'm going to walk you through how to do this. That's not always necessarily the role of the star leader. It can be, but not necessarily. Well, and I would actually say, just generally speaking, uh, my experience in working with other businesses and uh, just observing the yeah. people in my life <laughs> sure. um, is your star leader um, that is a backbone is often the person that is they it, it, this is the scenario that happens they try to um promote them into a training role yes and they fail yes. miserably yes yes this is your best technician yeah. who became the office manager right you took someone who was so good and so consistent and so clear and being the mm -hmm. best technician or veterinary nurse on the face of the planet mm -hmm. and you're like hey go do this thing you don't have any training for right you know right. and they have they don't necessarily have any interest and that's I mean you bring up a very good point because what happens kind of specific in our industry is we know that veterinary nurses and technicians are widely underpaid. Mm -hmm. So when we say, hey, person who is highly consistent and highly clear in your job set, who is underpaid, there's this other way that you can make more money and have, you know, work, work your way up in the company and take on this additional role is it may not actually, it may go against their grain. Mm -hmm. It may go against who they are on the base level. Not that they don't want to help people. We're not saying you don't want to help people. We're saying that it goes against the grain of the definition of a leader versus a mentor. Mm-hmm. And when we sort of look at um, kind of how we define out the individuals that are highly consistent and highly clear, um, that's again, when we start to look at then the uh, star leader category and they're mm -hmm. ready, willing, and able to execute the job to its fullest. They know why it's important, uh, but you're exactly right, is the common scenario is if you have a backbone star leader and you try to put them into that kind of star player mentor role, it's actually going completely against their star chart alignment. Yep. Um, and that is then what would lead into an administrative failure. I say that's the biggest failure in our profession is taking your best your best performing employee and making them your worst performing employee, and then they offboard themselves. So right. we, I, I call that failing twice. You've mm -hmm. you've lost your um, most effective employee, um, mm -hmm. and uh, of course, then the role that you move them into. Uh, <laughs> right now, you got to fill like two spots. Right, yeah. <laughs> the the two the twice failure. Yep. So uh, that then sort of brings us kind of into the next one. So uh, kind of moving. Uh, down into a category where we have high consistency, but low clarity. So this one is uh, a little bit more conceptual, but here we go. So um, high consistency, meaning that's a system. So we call this category a systems failure, uh, which is a little bit different than a procedural failure and a global failure, but you go from star leader to systems failure. Uh, and it basically, system failures is um, basically individuals who show highly consistent procedural execution, but struggle with procedural understanding. So they do it the same way every time, but they don't know that's why they're doing it. Mm -hmm. um, and the, the big thing here is that um, 
we're not saying that they're doing it consistently the right way. We're just saying mm-hmm. that's the way they're, it, it's, the yep. way here, it's the way we've always done it. This is the way we're always going to do it. It's that old traditional mindset of system failure. And mm-hmm. that's why we call it system failure. It's that traditional mindset of this is the way we've done it. This is the way we've always done it. This way we're always going to do it. So system failures are individuals that are consistent in their performance, but may execute tasks for the wrong reasons. System failures have a tendency for practical thinking and struggle with the interconnectedness of task. System failures will often identify issues with administrative process that require administrative solutions or a change in policy. Mm-hmm. So we talk about system failures. That's going to be where they said our everyone's kind of doing what they're supposed to be doing. They are sort of performing at that level. They are sort of doing it, but nobody knows why. Mm-hmm. And that becomes a really significant barrier to, consi- eventually becomes a big cons- um, a big barrier to consistency mm-hmm. because as more people have a lack of clarity and as they start to lack the interconnectedness between tasks, um, that's why I always uh, kind of say that as an organization, I hate the idea of a front staff and a back staff and a medical staff and a clerical staff and an overnight crew and a day crew is that as soon as we start to think of it as having crews and groups and you know roles and you know sort of this kind of cultural alignment um, is that's where we're going to start to have more and more and more system failures because nobody actually knows hey when I make a mistake in task there's actually these four other people who have to fix it Mm -hmm. Uh, we see that a lot with some of our clerical tasks also our medical tasks where it's just like this one like two minute mistake actually led to about four hours of cleanup. Mm-hmm. Um, and that happens a lot, you know, between the day crews and night crews, front staff, back staff. I mean, there's a lot of different examples you come up with. Um, but when you lose that interconnectedness and you sort of lose uh, sort of that group feeling that's where again is you start to lose clarity, eventually you're going to lose consistency. So it's sort of that swing, as we kind of talked about before, on problem child into iceberg, that's kind of the same swing we're talking about from system failures into global failures. These are kind of a different pathway of getting to the same, uh, not it's not the place you want to be, but yep. coming through system failures, coming through procedural failures to get to global failures. Um, that's why it's so important that when we have leaders, that we have leaders that can explain why it's important and being consistent there as well. Yeah, that's uh, so the this kind of you know you've you've got kind of two different things um, on on the why. Uh, everyone who's listened to this knows I'm a big proponent of that word, but uh, you, you hit on two different things. One is going to be the overarching purpose. So um, why does this task matter? Um, how do I, how direct of a line it does this task um, have to serve the patient? How can I reason that? The second is how does this impact everybody that's around me who is ultimately trying to fulfill the same purpose? Yeah. So that's that understanding of the interconnectedness of these variables and how like if I am working up front and I don't give somebody, you know, the kind of that, that initial triage update within yeah. the first bit of them being here yeah. and three hours later it turns into a terrible consultation because that person is just automatically going to walk in pissed Bad, off. Yeah. If you can't draw that line, yeah. it's hard to become consistent yes. because you don't have the reason why you should. Correct. Now you now you can be consistent, yes. um, but not the, providing and that not, thing. but you're providing the wrong thing, yeah. right? Like I yeah. do it the same way every time. It just turns into a bad thing. Um, <laughs> but the more so, the more clarity that you have. Uh, on that, it's like we we know that you can be consistent. Like you've shown a yep. propensity to be able to repeat um, highly yep. valuable skill set, 
but you are repeating the wrong thing because you're seeing it the wrong way. And then the more clarity that you can have on that, ultimately the better. Yep. Yep. And that's where, and that's kind of taking that negative swing down into global failure. Yep. Um, Yep. But we kind of talk about then the swing up, of course, into, you know, saying, well, if you are performing the same task repeatedly, effectively and correctly, Mm -hmm but you don't know why you're doing it. Mm-hmm. You don't know how these things work together. You're not actually going to be able to move from the system failure category up, right. swing right. up into being a leader because it's not something where then you can jump into the individual or industrial advancement. You can't explain it. You're just like, I don't know. That's the way we do it. You know? Well, and that's a thing too, that is, it's unsustainable from a fulfillment perspective. Yes. That, that yeah. will, that will be, if you can't tell me why, yeah. uh, whether it's, whether it's your own individual ROI, which is fair, or it is the purpose of everyone showing up every day. If you can't draw, if you can't tell me why that is like your, if you are not already unfulfilled, you're on the accelerated path to get to that point. Yep. Yep. And it's, it's kind of the same thing on our performance and potential diagram. We're talking about problem child to make that swing from star down mm-hmm. to iceberg or mm-hmm. even to swing up all the way around to backbone. Um, is you're exactly right. It's it's just sort of that that swing nature, and it, they will. It, it's it's not. Uh, it is very dynamic. Mm-hmm. So it's not static. You will you will shift in one direction versus another. So um, administratively, or as the individual, kind of really recognizing where there is a lack of clarity. Um, that's where it kind of comes into that last sentence. There is that system failures will often identify issues within administrative process. Mm-hmm. So it's that same thing we're talking about with having an administrative process that continually impedes the success of the team mm-hmm. um so again that's part of that collaborative process and that's where again for me i find it, it very difficult as a business owner when people aren't communicating yeah. when they're not clear yep. so it's i'm a phone call away or i'm this or i'm that or whatever it is and just saying no we really have to have this ground floor administration where we're let's the same thing communicate we're willing to communicate mm-hmm. when we aren't clear because mm-hmm. if you're consistently not doing it right and you're not telling me you don't understand i can't help you you're going to turn into a global failure Mm -hmm. you're going to turn into an iceberg if we can't sort of pull up that level of clarity and actually understanding why you're doing what you're doing so um generally speaking uh, i would argue that more people are going to fall into the category of star leader than they will star mentor. So just yes. like statistically speaking, you're yes. going to have people that are higher performers, better than yeah. better coaches. Yes. So with that, they will, and generally also uh, you have people uh, thinking about the tricore data that I've seen and the thousands of them that I've looked at at this point, uh, you will have more practical thinkers than you will systems thinkers. Uh, which I think those two pretty much, they there's not a causation there, but there's a definite correlation. Um, so that pairs with um, when I was working at the consulting company, um, one of the things that was an idea that I had kicked around with a couple different clients, but uh, I don't, I think we only ended up doing one was in an, an employee or staff feedback survey. So like, again, kind of a forced uh, yeah. method of communication, yeah. but it was like, we got to do something because yeah. I have no freaking idea what's happening. Yeah. Um, and the the contemplation of why that project was a good or a bad idea wasn't necessarily about if they were going to get feedback. There was never really any doubt about yeah. getting feedback. Yeah. It was, okay, this is a double-edged sword. Yeah. Because as soon as, you get it. as soon as we get it, we have to do something with it. <laughs> 
if you're just going yeah. to collect this yeah. information, but you're not going to do anything with it, even if it is to acknowledge the fact that it's something that is someone else perceives as a problem is yeah. not actually a problem. Yeah. Like you have to engage that uh, communication in some way. Yeah. Um, because if you don't, it will come back and it'll cut you right in the throat. Yeah. Because it's those people who are your, that they're identifying the gaps in the administrative process, they might not even, they don't necessarily care about you fixing it, but yeah they will be the ones that shut down the fastest. Uh, they like, as soon as you ask them for feedback and you do absolutely nothing with it, you will never get feedback ever again. Correct. And that's again, it, it, this probably going to be a theme of these, these three put together is that's why not having layers is so important yeah. the, because every time it goes through a middleman, it, there's a likelihood it just falls off their desk. Correct. Like just out of pure mistake, yep. let alone, uh, you know, a lackadaisical attitude or not really caring that it's a problem. So um, yep. know for as you're thinking about increasing clarity, if you're engaging your staff uh, on, on, on wanting to improve, you know, like what is it that we need to improve? Once you get that feedback don't sit on it yeah. and don't ask for it until you're ready for it. Yeah. And that was actually part of the implementation of our uh, supporting role members. Yeah. So yep. it was more of, you know, with only a few of us receiving all of this data from our system mm -hmm. failures and saying, well, I don't understand this, I don't understand this, I understand this, and that they were really consistent with uh, what was being performed, either both for the good or for the bad, is that, you know, we, we had such a huge funnel we were, we were feeding from or yep. drinking from that yep. we needed that next role. Now, implementing our supporting role members so we have uh you know technical lead we have medical generalist we have uh, medical support coordinator and office generalist the idea is is that when we implemented that skill set or mm -hmm. that that role um it all was based on traction yeah so it wasn't just okay you're going to receive this data and sit on it is it's like we got to build issues lists we got to mm -hmm. build initiatives we have to build quarter priorities we got to start about to-do lists we got to start to figure out how we can unite mm -hmm. so that was kind of that whole process on system failures is being like no if you really do have people that are kind of staying in this high level of consistency they don't know what they're doing you have to move them out quickly mm -hmm. and i agree i agree with you wholeheartedly it's way easier to become a leader because the criteria of becoming a leader is someone who's just uh, clear and consistent yep so if you're clear and consistent it's it's easy to get there like you said from a, a real you know ones and zero standpoint just mm -hmm. this is what i gotta do this is what i'm gonna do mm -hmm. um those are kind of that so uh kind of on the other side of the diagram from there so if we say that our system failures have that high consistency and low clarity procedural failures are the people that have a really really hard time implementing mm -hmm. so procedural failures are people that really don't have much consistency, but they do have pretty high clarity. So procedural failures struggle with consistent execution. Procedural failures exhibit a high level of understanding. So procedural failures are individuals who are ready to execute policies and procedures. They understand why the tasks need to be executed, but they are unable to execute without reminders or retraining. Mm -hmm. Procedural failures can be reluctant or unable to identify issues within themselves, which require individual solutions. So when we talk about the uh, system failures, it's really more of like an administrative thing 
thing mm-hmm. where it's like, ah, yeah, we are missing the mark. Yep. We probably are impeding the success of the team, kind mm-hmm. of flipping the other way into procedural failures. It's like, no, we actually, we are clear and mm-hmm. they are clear and they do have an understanding of what should be done. They do understand how it should be done. They just don't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where then it kind of comes down to like, why um you know mm-hmm. we've we've found that in this category is that we've had people go from star leaders like i've actually i would i would say that once you have clarity it's pretty hard to get rid of clarity once you know mm-hmm. once you know once you have an understanding of operations once you have an understanding of role once you have an understanding of core values you have the understanding you're not really going to lose the understanding but the fluctuation is mm-hmm. in whether or not you're doing it yeah there can be some fluctuation in clarity but you have to implement something new so like uh, wellness sure. plans is yeah. probably a pretty good example yeah. where there wasn't a lot of onset clarity yeah. besides like we know why this is important yeah. but the actual implementation you know at least at the, at the beginning wasn't like super super clear the part yeah. of it was like this is an experiment guys yeah. um we don't know how to make it 100 clear as yeah. of right now yeah. but um you're you're right that's um once once clarity is kind of established once you have a a a, a set of details that is tried and true i guess because yeah. uh, yeah. you, you can yeah. have all the clarity in the world but if it ain't yeah. good yeah. it doesn't necessarily mean that it's useful yep. um but then absolutely uh you, you once you have that then the fluctuation does come into consistency which is i almost entirely an individual problem or a, a issue i should say yeah yeah and that that's kind of when we start to look at star leaders and, and that's why we try to to really again continue to perpetuate the thought that is this an administrative problem or is this an individual problem? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's shared. Um, mm-hmm. But when we talk about a shared problem, it's not that we are both sharing the same problem. It's that right. if there was, now we come back to performance, if there was failed performance in role effectiveness or core value alignment or time allocation, is that it's like, okay, if we're saying that we're going to share this fault in performance, it means you haven't defined that variable enough to understand really what are we sharing. Yep. Um, and that says then you kind of move then into clarity and consistency it's like oh well actually yeah i'm gonna have to kind of take it on the chin for this one because we really haven't been that clear on Mm -hmm. what the expectation is Mm -hmm. but once the expectation has been set Mm -hmm. and it's like no we have been as clear as possible then we're talking exclusively procedural failures which exclusively fall within the individual um and that that does kind of become difficult when like if you run after action Mm -hmm. and you have a circumstance where you know five people had accountable events within this after action and overall it's every single person had a procedural failure it becomes difficult to then say all right well did all of these people procedurally fail because there's administrative problem or is it that they all procedurally failed on different things individually Mm -hmm. well this person understood that but that person didn't understand that and then what those two people didn't understand they didn't communicate with each other to say what they did or didn't understand and they didn't communicate with administration to say what we collectively don't understand So it it can become very difficult to um, problem solve some of these issues to say, really, what is it? Is this a consistency issue or clarity issue? Um, But Well, and that's what makes that tool so effective because when you're able to break it down into those chunks, it's not even necessarily that there has to be some sort of elaborate in um, all-inclusive, or I should say just super-defined solutions. Sometimes just pointing out 
what actually happened and realizing the ill effects of it is the solution. Yep. It, because it just defines it as like, man, I really can't do that again. Yep. It's just don't repeat the problem is the solution. Right. That, is, that is not an unfair solution. Now, that's not always the solution either. You can't say that you are absolute in clarity um, mm-hmm. that if everyone does it X way all the time, it's always going to work. That's that's uh, that's not a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but de- uh, with basically talking about the after action tool and the case review tool, don't be afraid to even just overdo it on breaking these things down because yeah. the more de- clarity that you have, the more easy it becomes to be consistent. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that's where we kind of talk about that swing. Right. Yep. You know, is as we, as we we're kind of coming from the star leader, kind of coming into the kind of the final part here is the global failure. Mm-hmm. So global failures, um, again, are people who are, have low consistency and low clarity. So it's the bottom left of that chart. Um, global failures struggle with consistent execution Global failures struggle with procedural understanding. Global failures don't know why they're doing it or why they're doing it. They don't know what or why they're doing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Global failures are particularly detrimental if coupled with low performance for improvement. Mm -hmm. So uh, if we look about the potential and performance grid and saying that there's icebergs and problem children. So if you have icebergs and problem children who are also global failures, that's particularly detrimental because now we're saying, if you don't have consistency and you don't have clarity and you don't have any potential to do it and you lack the performance to actually execute it, that's tough. So are you ready? Yeah. I have I have the definition of what that is. <laughs> sure. That's that is why we don't perpetuate the family environment. Yes. That's exactly why. Yep. Because it is like everyone likes being there. Everyone feels good when they're there because of the interpersonal, like, this is where I'm fulfilled in my personal relationships. But as it relates to what we're trying to do, no one knows what they're doing and no one's consistent in what they're doing, but no one can say it. Right. And so you have, or or maybe, maybe like we just all see so much potential because we all love each other so much. And like, we're just all problem children. We aren't able to get out of that scope. That is why that, and I'm not like you can be friends with the people that you work with. Sure. You can gather that, but it can't be the thing that defines why you show up to work. Right. Because ultimately you're just, it's a slippery slope. I don't necessarily like that term um, because I think it's, it's, it's overused, but this is one of those times where it's like the more that you perpetuate, like the family environment, the faster you are going to fall into low clarity and low consistency because it just becomes so much harder to pull a two by four when you have to and say the hard thing. Yep. And because remember all of this, both clarity and consistency are both pulling from the same three variables. They Mm -hmm. are pulling from operational policy. They're pulling from role procedures and responsibilities and they're pulling from the maintenance of core values. Mm -hmm. Both of them are. Mm -hmm. So if you have that environment where, like you said, that family environment where it's, we just really have a bunch of global failures or procedural failures, failures is everybody is doing everyone else's job. Mm-hmm. It's just, well, I, she's not good at this. She's not good at this. Well, I'm going to do this. So it's really into that into that victim rescuer role yep. where it's, 
it's like, oh, well, you know, well, I'll do it for you. Don't worry. And mm-hmm. well, I don't, you know, I don't want you to quote unquote get in trouble, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what I think I really have a hard time with the family environment is this, this perception of getting in trouble. Yeah. So the getting in trouble thing for me is that it, it's like, who are you getting in trouble with? Like we're grown adults. Nobody's mm-hmm. getting in trouble. Mm-hmm. But if there was a failure, if there was some type of an accountable event, if there was some way in which we're going to engage this fall tolerance, the idea of getting in trouble dictates there has to be a persecutor. Right. And if you're getting in trouble, there has to be a persecutor. And the only place there's a persecutor is in a failure mindset. Mm-hmm. And that's, again, the subtlety of failure mindset. So mm-hmm. when we sort of have this uh, this kind of individual who isn't performing well or doesn't have great potential and they're kind of falling into the iceberg category, really sort of the category of just lack of fulfillment, and then they're just not consistent in what they're doing, they don't know what they're doing, they're not taking direction, so we can't actually advance them. We can't actually improve their we can't there's no potential there for us to work with to improve performance mm-hmm. um that's what referred to as a global failure so it's the global failure for us like i said that family environment where the global failures is just like well yep just as a whole we're just not going to have anyone around here who knows what they're doing or why they're doing it. it's just this is the way we've always done it and the way we're always going to do it mm-hmm. you know because that's the way that you know the old boss has always done it and this has worked for us for the last 30 years and it's mm-hmm. like how can we consider that to be any level of leadership mm-hmm. and the answer is it's not leadership right. is that it's really perpetuating uh, a lack of leadership and it's perpetuating just ongoing global flares you're not going to have people that are consistent you're not going to have people that are clear the, the other side of that that is, um, and because I don't want to ju- just dump on if you really just love the people that you work with. <laughs> sure, which you can have, you, you can, but. But you know. like, so, so I think that response in looking at our industry, that is typically the one that is kind of sourced in the individual own small practice. Yep. The other side of that, if you look at the corporate side, I think that response, and I've never worked in a corporate practice, but I've worked in corporate, um, is when, (laughs) probably not, is um, that is when the persecutor comes down so freaking hard that the only response is a victim rescuer dynamic. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah and that's, yeah, sure, yeah. It, 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 it's like the only way that we can survive this is to respond together, yeah. is to be like the person that just got shit on, yeah. like needs a network of people to support them. Otherwise, they're gone. Yeah. It's the, I don't like who I work for, I like who I work with. It is. Yeah. yeah. And like, yeah. I, I respect that as a response because that's a really hard dynamic to work in. Yeah. Um, but the solution is just don't like yeah. don't work in it. Yeah. Right. Like, but yeah. so you have to have the self-awareness to know, like how clear are you on this? Like how well can you draw the line? Like yeah. take the control over this situation. Yeah. Um, and, and that's why I really like this star chart is like, okay, operational policy. How clear are you on understanding why it is the way that it is? Um, how reliable are you in like, do it as well as you freaking can. Yeah. Um, role, you know, your role, procedures, and responsibilities. Understand it. Get the clarity that you need, yeah. and then do it to the best of your ability. Same with core values. 
And if you do all of those things to the absolute best of your ability, and then you start to see your team start to do those things to the best of your ability, and you still have people coming and just pushing that that stupid numbers game or whatever it is, yeah. then you can be confident in the decision of like, I'm not in the right place. Yeah. And, and I think that's typically like, there's that justification process that I think a lot of people struggle with when they think they need to leave a job. Yeah. Um, that it's slowly going away as the, the workforce turns over. I think, I think younger people are generally a little bit more um, willing to jump. They're less committed to financial things, that yeah. sort of stuff, which we actually we have that problem in droves in our industry. Right. Um, but it, it's, it's, that is the way of generating that confidence because the other thing that it does is like, you just prove to yourself you can do it. Yeah. That means you can do it somewhere else. Correct. Like you have the skill set, um, but just you, you have to go through the motion um, to know where the failure is because yeah. if it's you, yeah. Work on it. Yeah. And if it's if it's not, um, yeah. then go go work somewhere else. Yes. Yeah. You have to be honest with yourself, and I yeah. think that's that level of self awareness is not just challenging within our profession. I think it's just challenging within our culture as a whole. Mm -hmm. I, I think we often don't want to be accountable to a set of variables. We don't want to be mm -hmm. accountable to a set of problems, and that's just part of what extreme ownership is. Mm -hmm. Is it's if there is some level of conflict, if there is some level of inconsistency if there is some level it's like we really have to try to assume the responsibility as much as possible mm -hmm. this star chart can absolutely be turned into a scenario where as an employee i'm star 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 look at how great i am i'm fantastic star high 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 mm -hmm. and it's like well you're gonna have a hard time going through life i would say that most people who are star players don't know that they are mm -hmm. most people that are star leaders don't know that they are or, or at the very least they'll never say it out yes, loud there's a humble component right. to it yeah mm -hmm. the uh, humble hungry and smart yep you know so it the really it's a matter of being humble as we go through this mm -hmm. and really recognizing like you know what i guess i really don't understand that mm -hmm. um and that's then what kind of leads us into sort of the next star chart is kind of coming into that mentorship side yep. is that if we really are having problems with clarity and we are having problems with consistency star leaders are going to be a resource for us because they can kind of show us the way show this yep. is how i this is how we do it but when you kind of get into more of the mentorship side, that's when we start talking about really starting to increase competence, really starting to increase confidence. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that takes a segue to our next yeah. session. Yes, sir. So, okay, guys, uh, that sort of wraps up uh, kind of part two of going through the star chart. Uh, so stay tuned for next session. Uh, we'll catch you there.